Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology today. I am so grateful you're here with us, and I'm very thankful to be your host. So we're looking at excavating the evidence for Jesus, and Jesus comes into the world. This is a great book by Titus Kennedy. And today we're just going to be looking at the archaeology of Jesus coming into the world. And the world he came into was a Roman world, but then there was fascinating things in the Holy Land as well. So let's get started. Thanks for being here. We're just going to use it as a textbook. Start on page 17, make some comments as we go through it. So God bless again, and uh, please subscribe. I almost said sign up, but subscribe. Leave a five-star review and share with your friends, family, church family. We try to do this without ads. So, during the reign of Augustus, a brilliant general named Tiberius also rose to prominence and in 39 BC became the stepson of Augustus. However, Augustus already had a son, Agrippa, interesting, and a nephew and son-in-law, Marcellus, who were expected to be his heirs. Tiberius was given certain privileges, but his personal success in politics, exploration, and especially military victories earning the respect of many in the empire. 23 BC, Marcellus died. 12 BC, Agrippa died. And in 9 BC, his brother Drusus died, leaving Tiberius as the clear candidate as the heir of Augustus. So we're looking at the time of Jesus. I wonder, too, if this Agrippa, if that was just a common name, or if uh, Herod Agrippa if it had something to do with that. It is around this time that the first events of the Gospels occur. The angel appearing to Zechariah, the pregnancy of Zacharias and Elizabeth, and the betrothal period of Joseph and Mary. Meanwhile, Herod the Great, 40-4 BC, was a client king of Rome ruling over the kingdom of Judea while Augustus, 27 BC to 1814, quite the reign there, 41 years or so, was at the height of his power, and Tiberius was emerging to eventually secede Augustus. Combined as a single historical narrative, the four Gospels cover the period of Herodian Roman rule in Judea and Galilee, beginning with the announcement to Zechariah and ending with the ascension of Jesus. Now, some would split hairs with this, starting with uh, Abraham and Matthew 1, Adam and Luke 3, on and on, but I think you know what they're saying. Perhaps a span of around only four decades in which history was drastically affected. During the reign of Herod the Great and subsequently his sons and Roman prefects, Judea excuse me, was a kingdom ultimately subject to Rome, including Augustus and Tiberius, hence the crucifixion, Pontius Pilate episodes. The first two emperors of the new Roman Empire, and among the most powerful political readers, in antiquity, and you could debate that, Chinese and all this. The lands of these kings, tetrarchs, and prefects comprise the areas of Judea, Samaria, Idumea, Galilee, Perea, Galantis, Iturea, Batania, Trachonitis, and Aaron. Aaron. Let me see if I'm pronouncing that one right. That is a T. Aurentis which encompasses much of what today is modern Israel, the Palestinian territories, northern Jordan, and southwestern Syria. It was, in, it was this world into which Jesus of Nazareth was born. There's a beautiful picture of a coin of Herod, reading King Herod. It's in gold. 
I don't think I have any Herodian coins. I do have some rather ancient coins. They're rather ubiquitous. They're not necessarily valuable. The Valley of Nazareth in the region of Galilee, where Jesus spent most of his life, was so small and insignificant, there's no recovered written records mentioning Nazareth prior to the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the first century A.D. Now, they do think they found Jesus' house there and that type of thing. We've done podcasts and videos on that. If I remember, I've done videos. Yet, as the home of Jesus from childhood until his public ministry and the village in which Mary and Joseph lived prior to the birth of Jesus, it is an essential site in the archaeological and historical investigation of Jesus. And was I supposed to go there? I, didn't, I never made it there when I was in Israel. Supposed to go to Cana. I don't think I made it to Cana, too. Um, <clears throat> there were just some glitches in our schedule. But where I got to go, it it turned out really great, too. I was like, well, if I had to miss that, this was about as good as could be expected. As I drink my Publix Diet Coke here. So, because Nazareth is located on a ridge approximately 1150 feet above sea level. The name has sometimes been connected to a Hebrew word for watch or guard. However, Nazareth may be derived from another Hebrew word using the same consonant that translates as branch, which is often connected to a prophetic passage in the book of Isaiah about a branch from the root of Jesse, father of David, Isaiah 11.1. This Hebrew rendering of branch, other places in the Old Testament talk about Messiah being the branch. Rendinger of Nazareth, supported by a Hebrew inscription from the 3rd to 4th century A.D., found at the synagogue of Caesarea Maritima that refers to the priest in Nazareth just after the Bar Kokhba revolt in AD 135. Several other references to Nazareth in the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th centuries are known, including by Tertullian, Origen, Julius, Africanus, Eusebius, and Epiphanius. Because of the lack of first century documentation about Nazareth from sources outside of the Gospels and Acts, few scholars have claimed Nazareth was not in existence during the time of Jesus, while a minority have accepted a first century Nazareth but altered the story by proposing that Jesus was born in Nazareth rather than Bethlehem. And uh, there's an old black and white picture in here of old Nazareth and Mary's well. Although for many years no definitive archaeological evidence had been recovered from ancient Nazareth that demonstrated the existence of the village during the time of Jesus, excavations and research eventually revealed both materials and structures dating to the first century in Nazareth. Archaeological that's first century eighty. Archaeological remains have been found at Nazareth from the Bronze Age and Iron Age, and then after an abandonment period of centuries, the village seems to have been uh, resettled in second century BC during the Hasmonean period and it had primarily Jewish population through the time of Jesus and the early church. Archaeological studies of Nazareth have clearly demonstrated the village of approximately four hectare acres, about ten acres, exists in the first century BC and first century AD during the life of Jesus. The small size and agricultural character of Nazareth had led to population estimates around 400 people. That's the reason when they found the carpenter's house, they said a town this size only had one carpenter's house, probably the house of Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. Showing how the village was unlikely to appear in historical text and how the question, can any good thing come out of Nazareth, is probably indicative 
of the insignificance of the tiny agricultural village. So 1,150 feet above sea level. So it would have gotten cool there, but it would have been warm. Uh, maybe gotten snow on occasion. And uh, I do find it interesting because a lot of debate centers around he shall be called a, a Nazarene. People are like, where is that in the scripture? And uh, he gives a good, good explanation of that. So God bless Jesus coming into the world, the Annunciation at Nazareth. So we'll talk with you later. Thanks for being here. God bless you. We'll see you. Bye-bye.